Welcome to the Clear Brand Academy podcast, where we take the mystery out of marketing and help you get more leads and sales with a clear brand and proven marketing tactics. I'm your host, Alexander Toth. Today, we're talking about another marketing myth. Now, this one is all about heavy buyers versus light buyers. You've probably heard the advice to go after the big spenders. And today we are going to talk about this. Just like in our other marketing myth episodes, we're going to go through why this particular myth is attractive, what the truth is based on data, and what you can do about it. So the marketing myth today, you should go after heavy buyers. Now, you're going to be surprised to hear that this is a myth because it makes sense, right? And that's part of why this is attractive. If you can find the heaviest spenders out there, well, you can spend less money on marketing and and more time making a lot of money. I like this idea. This is awesome. But it doesn't work that way. Now, before I get into that, let's, let's talk about another reason why this sounds nice. We have what's called the the Pareto principle, this 80-20 rule, right? You've probably heard of this. Uh, the, the saying goes, 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers, right? And 20% of your sales come from 80% of your customers. Wow. Well, with this information, we should absolutely focus on the 20% that brings in 80% of our customers, but there's a problem. It's simple. It's that it's wrong. And I'm going to get into some of the science here and, and the, the, the math behind this. So first, let's talk about the Pareto principle, because if, if the 80-20 rule is real, then yes, we should absolutely be targeting our heavy buyers, but it's not. So first thing with the Pareto principle, if we break the time limit, the, the, the time that we are discussing down into a minute amount of time, what we will find is uh, all of our sales come from all of the, the, all of the people who bought, right? There's a one-to-one ratio. How do, I, how do I say this here? So instead of being 80% of sales come from 20% of people, it would be 100% of sales come from 100% of people. Let me tell you what I mean. If we studied one hour, nobody has bought more than one item in one hour, right? So if you, if you take whatever it is that you sell and you look at one hour of sales, the 80-20 rule is not real. It doesn't apply to one hour because in order to have the 80-20 rule, you have to have really big spenders and that typically means they've, they're repeat buyers, right? So if we sell, I've got a San Pellegrino right here. So we'll talk about San Pellegrino. I love San Pellegrino. So if you're at a store and you have uh, a number of people who bought San Pellegrino and you're going to study these people, well, there might be one or two who bought, maybe two, uh, but for the most part, if we're studying one hour, most people will have bought one. So the 80-20 rule is not applicable within this one hour time span, right? Pretty much everybody bought one. Maybe there's a couple people who bought two, but we clearly do not get 80% of the sales from 20% of the people because basically everyone bought one. 
So the distribution is even across all of the purchasers. Now, as we expand the timeline, this is where we start to approach an 80-20 principle. You see, if we go out a month or six months or a year, suddenly people have an opportunity to buy more than once. So over the, the longer time spans, we will see the distribution of sales does happen to go more and more towards more of the sales come from heavier buyers and less come from light buyers. So the question is, does it reach 80-20? And the answer is no. So the research here is provided by uh, Coca-Cola and some other companies. And we've been referencing How Brands Grow. You can find the main research in How Brands Grow by uh, Byron Sharp. But today I'm going to talk about um, Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola has this nice graph, right? They track repeat buyers and, and they've done lots of studies. And there's this nice graph of purchases, okay? So talking about Coca-Cola, if we're looking at one day, like I said, it's the San Pellegrino, it's pretty much evenly distributed. Most folks bought about the same amount. But if we extend the time frame out to about a year, we do see that the heavy buyers bought more than the light buyers. But it doesn't reach 80-20. It only reaches an average, and this is from lots of industries, lots of companies. The average is 50-20. So 50% over a long time period, 50% of sales come from 20% of customers. Now, this is a different scenario than 80-20. All right, we've got 50% of sales from 20% of customers. That means 50% of sales come from the other 80%. And again, uh, I'll I'll get into Coca-Cola a little bit here, but this is true across many industries and many companies. It varies a little bit. Sometimes it's 40-20, right? So 40% of sales come from 20% of customers and 60% of sales come from the other 80% of customers. Sometimes it's 60-20, So 60% of sales come from 20% of customers, but it averages out for most companies, it's around 50%. So before I dive too deep into Coca-Cola, let's consider the the mindset. A a minute ago, I said, if the Pareto principle is real, if 80% of sales come from 20% of customers, then yes, absolutely forget about the 80% who are only bringing in 20. But a 50-20 rule is different. 50% of sales come from that other 80%. So suddenly I'm much less motivated to forget about that 80% because if I do, I'm going to be missing out on 50% of revenue. That's a lot. That's suddenly a lot. 50% of revenue being gone is a big deal. And if I'm only focusing in on these really heavy buyers... I'm missing out on half of our revenue. So that sounds a lot less attractive to me than if it was 80-20. But it kind of gets even worse here. So as we look at a graph of Coca-Cola's customers, what we find is if you you take all of the purchases of Coca-Cola over the course of a year and you add them all up and then you divide it by the number of purchasers, the average is 12 on average, each person purchased 12 uh, 
cans or bottles of Coke in that year. That's not too bad, right? But if we look at the actual distribution, so if we if we look at the 50% of revenue and we move down to that cutoff, right? The 50% of revenue cutoff. So now we've got a line on our graph that's halfway down and we have the heaviest 20% are on the left side of the graph. That that 20% brought in 50% of revenue. And then we have the 80% that brought in the other 50%. That middle line is not indicative of people who purchased 12. You see, the heavy buyers buy so much Coca-Cola that the midline is actually three purchases in a year. So what that means is that 80% of people who bring in 50% of revenue, they're actually purchasing Coca-Cola three times per year or less. So let me, let me restate that. 50%, according to this data set, 50% of Coca-Cola's revenue comes from people who purchase three times per year or less. Three bottles or cans per year or less. So this is kind of mind-blowing that 50% of Coca-Cola's revenue comes from not just moderate to light buyers, but really light buyers, right? A huge portion of these folks are buying one can or bottle of Coca-Cola in a 12-month period. But there are so many of these people that they actually contribute to 50% of Coca-Cola's revenue, And like I said, this applies to company after company and industry after industry. It's absolutely fascinating. So so what do you do with this? Well, it seems that you've got a choice. If you really want to try to find heavy buyers, you can. To really focus in on them, you can. And you'll be missing out on 50% of your potential revenue. But beyond that, the question that I have is, how in the world are you going to find those people? Because the other piece of this is the demographics of companies. These people look and sound and seem the same whether they're the heavy or the light buyers. As far as demographics and psychographics are concerned, they're basically the same. So my challenge to you would be, how do you figure out how to target these people? Because if you could target them, great. So think about what it is that you sell and how exactly you're going to target them. Well, Let's think about SEO for a second, right? Let's get into the very applicable side of this uh, myth busting. Let's think about SEO. This seems like a great way to target heavy buyers, right? Because with SEO and even with Google ads, you target people based on what they are searching for. So that's an intent, 
right? We are able to target them based on intent. But the truth is, the light buyers will also be searching. So SEO is never going to perfectly target the heavy buyers. Even if you come up with the perfect keyword, you're still going to have these light buyers who are coming across that keyword. Whatever it is that you sell, it doesn't matter. Using SEO to target is great because you can target that intent, but you're not targeting heavy buyers. You're targeting intent. So uh, let's say you're a coffee roaster, for example. A person who buys coffee, a bag of coffee every day versus a person who buys a bag of coffee once a year. If they're looking for a bag of coffee, they both might end up going to Google and searching for something about coffee. And you can't, you know, parse those people out because you're targeting based on the search. Okay, so even if we wanted to target the heavy buyers, SEO and Google ads aren't the way to do it. Okay, what are some other methodologies here? What are some other ways that we might be able to target them? Facebook, ah, Facebook's great, right? With Facebook ads, we can target people based on income level, based on location, based on some interests. With the Apple updates, it's getting harder to target very specifically. But there is some demographic targeting that we can do here. So let's imagine you're going to run Facebook ads. So how are we going to target them? Well, we could target based on income. That's one of the uh, aspects of our target audience that matters a lot, right? If somebody can't afford what you're selling, they can't buy what you're selling. Pretty easy. Well, let's go with this coffee roaster here again for a second. Well, hold on a second. The heavy buyers and the light buyers, they're both going to be able to afford a bag of coffee, right? Otherwise, they're not a customer. So, well, that's not going to target the heavy buyers, even if it does end up targeting buyers who can afford this thing. It's still not the heavy buyers. What about age? Well, I know a lot of young folks and a lot of old folks who drink coffee. So, age isn't really going to help us target the heavy buyers either. So we can go through all of these things, but even if we found something that was indicative of a heavy buyer versus a light buyer, then we have to ask ourselves the question, even if we could find something, which I'm unsure that you actually can uh, find things that are really indicative of a heavy buyer versus a light buyer, because like I said, they're the same types of people. They're the same demographics. But even if you could... Would you want to, knowing that it's not 80-20, it's 50-20? So even if you did find that thing that separated out the heavy buyers from the light buyers, would you want to? So let's talk for a second about uh, Harley-Davidson, because Harley-Davidson is one of the examples of companies that have these, you know, almost like cult-like customer bases, Right. So if you were to write down all of the things that would separate out those like classic Harley Davidson owners from the not so classic Harvey Davidson owners, what might we include here? We might include things like they have tattoos. We might include things like they bike, they, they go on their motorcycle all the time. We might include things like they have a beard, right? Whatever you want. The truth is, and again, this comes from market research into Harley-Davidson's customers. The truth is 
the person, the people who make up that classic Harley Davidson customer picture, they only make up 3.5% of Harley Davidson sales. Let me say that again. They make up 3.5% of Harley Davidson sales. 40% of Harley Davidson sales come from people who don't care what kind of bike they ride, who wouldn't get in a fight over Harley Davidson's or not, and whose motorcycles spend most of the time sitting in the garage. 40% of Harley Davidson sales come from people who we would never consider to be Harley Davidson customers. And that's probably true of you as well. So, at the end of all of this, right, we clearly have a myth of heavy buyers providing 80% of sales. Not true. It's probably around 50%, right? That's kind of average, right? So, you can uh, do your own market research for yourself. It's probably going to be around 50%. So number one, that question remains of, well, do you want to leave out 50% of your revenue by not targeting these, quote, light buyers? I would say, no, I want that 50% of revenue. But even if we decided, yeah, let's do it, let's cut 50% of revenue so that we can focus all of our time and energy on these heavy buyers. The truth is the heavy buyers probably don't look like what you think they do, and they probably don't look really much different or different at all from the light buyers. So I don't think there's really a practical way to target them. If we're looking at actual marketing activities, right? And now you might be talking to a marketing agency and they tell you that they are going to target the heavy buyers. I would interrogate them. I would ask them, how are they going to do it? Because it's, from what I can tell, very difficult to do. And even if you do, you're missing out on a ton of revenue. So what are you supposed to do instead then? Well, for most companies, we actually want to be a little bit less targeted than most marketing agencies are telling us. If you think about, let's, I mean, we could go industry by industry. So I want you to think about yours here, but this is, again, going to apply to basically all industries. Let's, let's just talk specifically about coffee roasteries. So they're selling bags of coffee. Yes, selling to a coffee shop makes a lot of sense. But that's not marketing, that's sales. That's your sales team going to the coffee shop and saying, hey, do you want to buy bags of our coffee? Those people are going to buy a lot. Great. Great. But as far as marketing goes, everybody's a potential coffee buyer. Well, people who drink coffee. Everyone who drinks coffee might buy a bag of coffee. That's everywhere, right? Everyone, everywhere who drinks coffee might buy a bag of coffee from this roastery. So what is the point of being incredibly targeted? The only thing that actually matters to whether they are a potential buyer of bags of coffee is if they drink coffee. And in fact, if we're thinking about people who buy gifts, well, 
those people might not even drink coffee themselves. So if we, even if we targeted people who drink coffee, if we could do that, which that, I don't even know if that's possible, but even if you could target people who drink coffee, you still be losing out on a certain amount of revenue. Think about Coca-Cola. 80% of their customers bring in 50% of their revenue. And those 80% buy three cans or bottles per year or less. That's 50% of their revenue. So if we assume that there's at least going to be some similarities here with something like a coffee roastery, a lot of customers are going to buy one bag of coffee per year. A lot, a huge amount of that coffee roastery's overall customers. So why would I slice out people who don't like coffee? Because those people might buy coffee as a gift. You see where I'm going with this? For most companies, getting really specific with your target audience doesn't make sense. Now, there are some basic questions about targeting that we do need to know. One, can they afford it? That matters. If they cannot afford it, they can't buy. Now, today there's these uh, programs that allow you to pay over time, right? The buy now, pay later thing. That is a way of expanding your market into people who can't afford it. So if you have a buy now, pay later option, that might actually expand your potential target audience. That would be worth considering. That would also decrease the amount of targeting anyway, right? If we were going to target based on if they can afford it or not, but now we're giving people a way to afford it, that means our audience just opened up even more, which is actually good for you because that means that you've got more potential customers. So that's huge. The other thing that we do want to target is, I mean, for let me, let me, an example of where I'm going is a marketing agency. The people who are going to pay for a marketing agency are typically businesses. So it might make sense for a marketing agency to target business owners, uh, executives, directors, things like this, because a stay-at-home mom is not going to hire a marketing agency. Now, aside from titles, there is no demographic difference. So that still is fairly difficult to target. You'd have to use something like Facebook or LinkedIn. Google, you can target based on intent. But there's still this big question of, well, what about the folks who we might not have expected. How many of them do we want to cut out for the sake of budget? Because that's really what this is about, right? At, at the core of this question, targeting the, the heavy buyers, at the core of it is a desire to make money on the money that we're spending, right? It's, it really does come down to budget and ROI. Well, if what we're discovering is targeting is difficult in the first place, but even when we do target, we're probably getting some of that targeting wrong. Does it matter if some people who are not your target audience are seeing your ads? I would say probably not. It's probably better to have more people see your ads than less. 
right? If you are accidentally getting too specific with your targeting and cutting out a whole bunch of potential buyers, you know that you're cutting out potential buyers. But if you're accidentally under targeting and more people than like people who cannot buy from you or who won't buy from you are seeing your ads, well, at least you know that those who will buy or might buy are also seeing your ads. So if I was on this spectrum of under-targeting versus over-targeting, I would rather target a broader audience knowing that everyone who might buy is seeing my ads. Now, there's one more piece at play in this conversation. So quick recap, we've clearly said, okay, it's not 80-20, it's 50-20. And I do not want to cut out 50% of potential revenue. So that means I do want to include my light buyers in my advertising. And some of those light buyers are really, really light buyers. But there's so many of those people that it actually makes up for it. And that's how 50% of revenue comes from the light buyers. So then, even if we could target, targeting is outrageously difficult. And I would rather be under-targeted, so more broad than over-targeted and know that I'm missing out on a bunch of potential buyers. So the last piece here is budget. I think the one time to intentionally narrow your audience is if you have a really tight marketing budget. To me, that is the only time. If you've got a big budget, I would show your ads to basically everyone so that you're covering all of the bases, right? Everyone who might buy, who might possibly buy. So for a coffee roaster, that's literally everyone. We want everyone seeing a coffee roaster's ads. For a marketing agency, eh, you might you might target uh, people who have roles in businesses or who even just have a job, you know? That might be good to target for a marketing agency. But if you have a tight budget, This is where I think it does make sense to do a little bit more targeting is because your budget is limited. So you can't target, you know, everyone in America, for example. So you have to cut someone out. And you can either cut people out randomly, and and that's what would happen if you targeted everyone in America and then just let it go. And you've got your budget, maybe $1,000 a month. That's never going to show to everyone in America. So doing it that way, you're going to randomly cut folks out anyway. So because you would be randomly cutting people out just because your budget is too limited to show it to everyone who might buy, well, then we could say, well, let's intentionally cut people out. If we're going to have to cut people out anyway, let's do it intentionally. Let's cut out the folks who may be less likely to buy. Now, the demographics or psychographics that you have, there is probably something wrong with the demographics or psychographics unless you've been collecting incredible data. If you are basing your demographics and psychographics off of your opinions, this is who we think might buy, there's probably something that's off with them. So I would be careful with this, with this targeting. In fact, what we do at ClearBrand is if people do have a tight budget like this, we will test audiences to see which audiences get the best uh, conversions because we don't know. That's the thing. 
thinking about Harley Davidson, 3.5% of their sales come from the person who we would consider to be the classic Harley Davidson buyer. 40% of their sales come from people who we would never consider to be the classic Harley Davidson buyer, right? So we want to go in assuming that we're getting something wrong about our audience. We want to test the audiences. That way, our limited budget ends up in a place that does get us some results. Now, one of the things that you could do is target a location. That might be a great way to to use your budget a little bit better. If we're going to have to cut people out, whether we want to or not, we're going to have to pick some way of doing that. So location might be a good way of going about it uh, because then you're still getting all of the buyers, all of the potential buyers within that location. I would say income. If you sell something that's more expensive and you don't have a buy now, pay later option, income might be a differentiator. It's not always, right? So going back to the marketing agency example, because marketing agencies are expensive. If you target people who make over $100,000 a year, well, we actually get, we do sales calls with uh, CMOs, right? Chief marketing officers or marketing directors. Well, they might not be making over 100 grand a year. So if we decrease that, suddenly we're basically targeting everyone anyway, right? 50, 40, $30,000. I don't know what the marketing directors are making. But if we're anticipating, if we don't want to cut out the marketing directors, well, even for a marketing agency, income's not going to be a really good way to do that. Even for a car, maybe for a new car, income might be, but man, there's, there's some really interesting data out there on wealth and income, and income is, has a very small correlation with wealth. Uh, living within your means has a larger correlation with wealth than income does. So you can see how targeting is difficult no matter how we go about it. But if you're going to have to cut people out because your budget is limited, then I would consider uh, some ways to find people, get more specific on folks who would buy, not necessarily the heavy buyer specifically, but at least people who would buy, uh, and then test your audiences so that you can find where you might be a little off, right? And then use a tool like HubSpot to track not only who's clicking on the ad or who's seeing the ad, but let's connect that all the way to your sales. So we use HubSpot at ClearBrand. And what we can do is if somebody schedules a sales call, I can go into their information and I can look back at their entire journey. I can see how they found us. I can see what pages they looked at on a website. I can follow them around and I can see, oh, okay. So this is the ad that they clicked on and, and on and on. And you might learn some really interesting things that way as well. So at the end of the day, if we can avoid uh, targeting, it's probably a good idea to target a broader audience than a narrow one because so many of our sales, uh, and this again is sales across companies and industries, so many sales come from really light buyers. We do not want to be cutting those people out. Thanks for listening to the Clear Brand Academy podcast, where we take the mystery out of marketing and help you get more leads and sales with a clear brand and proven marketing tactics. If you liked this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to outsource your marketing to our team, go to clearbrand.com.